Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, can we please? Just a few moments. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the term happy in the, bo in the, um, in the book of Proverbs. We're taking time. We talked a little bit about children in the book of Proverbs and times gone by and, and marriage a tad bit. Different concepts, uh, but I want to talk tonight a little bit about the word happy. It's found about five times in the book of Proverbs. So I thought a lot more than that, but uh, happy is found at least five times. And chapter 3 is the first of those times that it's found and uh, in the different sections. And I want to, you know, most everybody wants to be happy. <laughs> I want to be happy. And, uh, but the, in, the, in the New Testament, the word for happy is joy. And I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said something like this. He said, joy in the Lord. Uh, you can have joy in the Lord always. And the truth of the matter is, and you will always have a reason and a, and a cause for joy when your joy is settled in the Lord. I remember hearing Mrs. Evans years ago and Miss Jojo Moffat in our general psychology class. And the, the verse we had to memorize, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. It's kind of neat, Apostle Paul, and of course that is to a church that was a giving church, a church of Philippi, reminding us to make sure we have joy. And by the way, we'll find in just a few moments, I think generosity and joy and happiness go together. You find a giving person, you're usually going to find a happy person because God's given them something to give, and it's important to do that. But let's just look at these thought, five sections of the book of Proverbs and that talk about being happy. I'd I like to, I'd like, I, I'm glad I'm married to a happy woman. Being married to a contentious, discontent woman, the Bible says it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a wide house with someone who's not happy, discontent. And uh, uh, it's probably the same as dwelling with a man who's not content. And sometimes the biggest drama mamas are men, <laughs> And they're not happy, they're not fr frustrated, ne never satisfied. Well, you don't want to be that way. And, you know, we have a lot more reason to be happy than anybody else on the planet. And if you're not happy tonight, that's your fault, Spanky. You need to figure that out and say, you know what, that, that's not going to be me going forward. We're going to figure this out and figure out how I can realize that God has given me everything I need for my present happiness. I remember hearing Brother Heil say across the street, contentment is not getting what you want. It's wanting what you got. It's wanting what you have. And the enemy of contentment is comparison. Usually we're doing pretty good, and then start looking across the, the street and looking across the fence, and, oh, well, they've got this, they have that, or I don't have that. Well, we think about all that God's given us. We ought to be happy, happy, happy people. And Solomon in his wisdom speaks about this. Let's look at these places real quickly, and I think we can just see them clearer from the Scriptures. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 13. Read it with me, would you please? Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. I'm going to read the next verses. We'll come down to the next word of happy in verse 18, but let's look real quickly at verse number 14. For the merchandise of it, or of wisdom, is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies, and all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days are in wisdom's right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. How many would like to have length of days and lots of riches and honor to go with those days? <laughs> yeah, I've had some days where I had no money. And no money, no funny. That's kind of how it goes there. And uh, I like to have length of days and have money and riches and honor to go with those days, huh? That's what he says wisdom will have there for you. Verse number 17, her ways are ways of 
pleasantness, and all of her paths are peace. So wisdom has a, gives you a pleasant life. And once again, uh, wisdom is kind of viewing life God's way. It's seeing life and seeing principles the way God would decide to do them. You know, there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But as for God, his way is perfect. Wisdom is practicing, finding out, pinpointing, and practicing God's way of doing something. Because sometimes God's way up is for you and I to get down. Sometimes God's way down is to put yourself up, and you're going to find yourself on your ear real quickly. It doesn't really make sense how I can, I can do more and have more blessings in my life and the presence of God to boot on 90% of my finances than I can with 100% of my finances. But that is as biblical as the Bible's biblical. I, wouldn't, I, don't, I don't understand why people want to argue about that. And I'll tell you why people want to argue about it, because they're stingy and they don't understand God. I'm telling you what, God has made it very clear how he feels about that. He feels like he owns, and he owns all of us, right? The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and all they that dwell therein. He owns our kids. The Bible reminds us that children are in heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is, boy, I'm so blessed this week. I, I had one of our, our, our men come to me and said, uh, our son came to us at the missions conference. He's still a teenager. He said, you know, I, I think, Dad, God is turning my heart to missions. And maybe into a certain country, he told them the country. And, you know, I've had parents, kids tell them that, and they go, oh, man, I don't, I don't like that idea. Not this parent. They quickly said, you know what? We'll be with you all the way. They said, that is wonderful, son. We're so happy. We'll pray that God makes that materialize. And if you need any kind of support, it's going to be on us helping you do what God wants you to do. Isn't that great? That's a wonderful testimony. That's, a parent. That's seeing things God's way. Because the gospel is not our idea. Getting people the gospel around the world, that didn't come from, from this pulpit. That came from this Bible. <laughs> that didn't come from my heart. That came from the heart of God. And we ought to get behind anybody that's God's, that's God's helping to get the gospel out. And that's just wisdom. And he said, boy, wisdom, there's pleasantness, there's peace and wisdom. Now look at verse 18 real quickly. She is the tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Would you finish the verse with me? And happy... So the first way and key to happiness is, is getting wisdom, <laughs> is thinking and living God's way of doing things. So pastor, uh, are you happy? I'll tell you if I'm happy or not. If I'm, if I'm practicing wisdom, that is the key to happiness. Happiness is a terrible goal. You, you, you don't try to be happy. Uh, it's a terrible goal to have. But you know how you can be happy? Pursue wisdom. Wisdom is, is the predecessor to the successor of, of happiness. Now you, you chase wisdom, happiness is going to come. That's why God says in um, Matthew chapter 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then what happens? All these other things, they'll be added. Many people spend their whole life chasing their shadow. You start running away from your shadow, there's spotlights on me and I can't figure it out, but there's probably some shadow someplace. But if I start running away from the spotlight toward my shadow, I'll never catch it. But if I'll turn around and run toward the light, my shadow will follow me all the way. And shadow is a type of possessions and, 
and goals. Don't chase the goals. Chase the Lord. And then all the things that would come with him. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything in him. And by the way, if you want to really get down to it, wisdom, the personification of wisdom, is Jesus. He, everything that wisdom is, you can almost put Jesus there and you can say, you know, what's in, what, is Jesus, does, is his path pleasantness? Yes. Peace? Yes. Uh, the, can he bring honor and life and riches to you? Yeah, even that verse of scripture uh, that we enjoy, especially at this time of year out of, out of uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by who? Yeah, somebody, talk about how rich Jesus is and he'll provide that for you. When you see wisdom in the, in the Proverbs, you can almost put the name Jesus there and you're going to find the same, the same meanings. Because when we pursue Jesus and wisdom, happiness follows. Let's look at another place real quickly if we can. How about chapter 14? 13. Nope, chapter 14. Chapter 14 and verse number 21. 14, verse 21, let's read out loud together. Here's another place we see happy in the book of Proverbs. Verse 21, are you ready? He that despiseth his neighbor, but he that hath mercy upon... Here we find giving, generosity is a key to happiness. Now, I don't know exactly, exactly how... But matter of fact, the, the Bible says, when you give, Paul reminds us, don't give grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a... A happy giver, a hilarious giver. But I do believe that God puts a measure of joy and happiness inside of people when we learn to give. Uh, we had it happen this year. At our missions last night, Tuesday night, people were going around giving, prepared giving and giving money to our missionaries, encouraging them tangibly and with words and with graciousness. That was unbelievable, very sweet. It's one of the happiest seasons of our year. It's happier than Christmas. It's happier than Thanksgiving. It's happier than any revival or even our prophecy conference. That was a good time, but nothing compared to the night when you, you and I have a chance to participate. I was talking to our good friend, Brother Gary Sumner, and he lives in Colorado now, and he said, Pastor, I miss a lot of things about First Baptist Church, but I miss that missions conference because I got to save in all year long so I could do something for each of those missionaries. And he said, it made me so happy to participate in giving. And I think you'll find that. If you're all sad, you need to start giving to Pastor Wilkerson. I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. No. Uh, but if you're looking to spell my name, it's W-I-L-K. I'm just joking. No, I'm just teasing. I, I'm not asking for that at all. But I will tell you this. Giving people, you'll find happiness goes with giving people. You say, well, who's, who's that? I think about... Uh, Brother Sisk, one thing I love about Brother Sisk is he's a happy guy. And he's just, here he is, 90 years old, where other people are complaining when they're 60. He's not complaining. You, don't, you can't hardly get a complaint out of him. Want to go watch a basketball game? Sure, you're asking a Kentucky guy to go watch basketball. You got it, yeah, let's go watch it. What do you want to eat? You guys got a Culver's? Yeah. Let's get a fish sandwich you can't, he's, he's not impressed with a lot of, just simple fella, um, but beautiful. But you know what? He gives aggressively. He said, Pastor, I've come to a stage where I really don't hardly need any money anymore. And that'd be a nice place to be. He said, I, I get asked to preach. I'm 90 years old and I'm preaching everywhere. 
And usually, I sleep in places they tell me to sleep. They give me food to eat. And I can just take my love offering and just give it to somebody else and invest it in the kingdom of God. You know, that's a beautiful, beautiful thought. But, you know, I think, I think you can see, track a happy man with a giving man. People that are, that are fun uh, usually are people that are giving people. Stingy, grinches. This is hard to crack a smile when you're not, not, not a giving person. Let's look at another one real quickly. How about we look at uh, chapter 16, verse number 20. So happiness follows wisdom. It follows generosity. Six, 16, and let's look at verse number 20. Can we do, do that one? Let's read it together. Ready? He that handleth the matter, and whoso trusteth in the Lord. Okay, so, so if you handle a matter God's way, you'll find a good end to that. Now, sometimes God's way is hard on the front end, but it's always good on the back end. Is that if you'll handle things God's way, you'll find good. It doesn't seem like good meets you at the front door. It's at the end of the house that you, get, you find him. You don't meet him on the, on the entrance of the path. You, you meet good at the end. See, the first day of sin is always the best day of sin. That first time you got drunk, that was the best time. It goes down from there. You start playing with sin, sin starts playing with you. That first time you were immoral, that was your best time. After time, the Bible says it wraps you up with the cords of your sin. It just begins to become, makes you, a, makes you a, a toy to play with. And if you don't go for, for sin's jugglers, uh, sin's going to come for your juggler. But, you know, the truth of the matter is God's way of doing things, it is delayed gratification. Is doing the right thing, the right way, for the right reason, and you will find good at the end of that situation. He said, but whoso trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Faithfully believing God. I, I think you'll find that happy people are people who trust the Lord. They can be calm in moments of difficulty. They can be, they can be uh, confident in moments of fear because their faith is not in them. Courage does not come because of who we are, but who is with us. So, three things that are keys to happiness. Wisdom, generosity, and faith. By the way, uh, it's good for you, whenever you have a difficult time, to verbalize your faith in God. Psalms 116.10 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4, both of those concepts, and they're one's quoting the other, but it says, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. I believe, therefore I've spoken. One, one good key to something that can bring you joy and happiness in spite of a difficult season is believing God and verbalizing. That's how, God, that's, how God, that's how I got saved. For with the heart man believeth, where? In the heart I believe unto righteousness. And with the, and whosoever shall call upon the Lord. You know, the just shall live by faith. Sometimes most of us would say, well, I believe God. Well, tell him that. If someone says to me, well, I believe that, I tell them, usually you need to call upon the Lord. Then tell God you believe it. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So there's a, there's a little bit of a, a response mechanism with the Lord. But the same is true when you're, when you're a Christian and you're going through a difficult time or you get hit, hit sideways, upside the head with a two-by-four, proverbially speaking, and you're like, what just happened? What am I going to do? I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Right there, say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Someone texted me uh, uh, something recently and said, Pastor, 
Thank you for teaching me to believe God and verbalize my belief. Thank you for teaching me just to say to God, Lord, I trust you when I have more questions than answers, when I feel more, more um, trouble on every side, just to stop and say, Lord, I trust you. Let's say it again today. Ready, everyone together? Ready? Lord, I trust you. One more time. It's a beautiful thing. It's a biblical thing to do. You can look it up in your Bible. Psalms 116, verse number 10. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We believe, therefore we've spoken. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you can see Apostle Paul said, that's my response, to be in trouble on every side, perplexed, cast down, persecuted. I'm just going to say, God, I trust you for this situation. You help me. And I think there's great blessing for that. And a byproduct is happiness. Whoso trusts in the Lord, happy is he. All right, so another one real quickly. Can we go, if we can, please, to chapter 28 and verse number 14. Proverbs 28, verse 14. We've talked about uh, three things. Here's the fourth one. 28, 14. Are you ready to read it with me? Let's look at this if we can, please. Everyone, happy is the man that... Okay, happy is the man that does what? You want to think about... You think that means it walks around like a scaredy cat? No. Someone who fears the Lord. People who recognize God in an equation. I think that's what the fear of the Lord is. Fear of the Lord is recognizing that God is with me. Living in the fear of the Lord is one of the most comfortable places to live. Now, there's, there's, two, there's two things that we know that teach us the fear of the Lord. There's many things, I'm sure. But there's many byproducts of fear in the Lord. The Bible says that the, the, beginning of, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. You learn more when you recognize God. You can, you can know what to do when you recognize God. You have more understanding, more answers to things when you recognize God. The Bible says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. You elevate your behavior whenever you recognize God. He said, by the fear of the Lord, men have strong confidence. You have more confidence to face problems and difficulties when you know God is with you. And that person's children have a place of refuge. You lend additional strength to those around you whenever you have the fear of God upon you. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. You know, if you're going to get a secret from somebody, you better be pretty close to them. I can't tell a secret to people in the back there. But I could, I could get up close to Brother John. It's really hard. His breath is really rough tonight. And I'm just joking. I could get up close to Brother John. I could tell him a secret. But I, I can't do it. From, you have to be kind of close to me to do that. And certainly that's, uh, that is the same. The secret of the Lord is with those that recognize his presence on you. It's a beautiful thing. Well, he says, he that feareth the Lord always, and I think that's what he's talking about here, he that feareth always, happy is he. I think confidence in God, knowing that he's with me. Now, I'll just tell you this. I do believe very strongly, if you read the book of Deuteronomy, and you would go to chapter 14, chapter 17, chapter 31, it tells us in those three chapters when you do what it tells you to do, you learn the fear of the Lord your God always. Now, should I fear the Lord part of the time or all the time? So he said, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, I want you to give attention to the word of God. When you hear the word of God, you learn the fear of the Lord. Number two, in context, 
Deuteronomy 14, 22-23, when you return the tithe and you truly tithe off all of your increase, I say, I, I, God says, I have you do that so you will learn to fear the Lord your God always. Listen, don't be tempted not to honor the Lord in that area. I plead with you. Not because the church needs another dollar. That's a byproduct. Yeah, we tithe, practically speaking, to care for God's work and his workers. But the intrinsic reason of tithing is so you and I will live in the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says, happy is the man that feareth how long? Always. And God is interested in you always fearing him, teaching you to fear the Lord your God always. You can cross-reference there in that passage of Scripture if you wanted to, Deuteronomy chapter 14, 22 and 23, and you'll see the word always right there, okay? So we've learned a couple ways in which we can have happiness. Keys to happiness is a shortcut to wisdom, generosity, faith, and fear of the Lord. Let's look at the last one if we can, please, and we'll go to chapter 29 and verse number 18. 29, verse number 18. We'll read it and we'll conclude this evening tonight. Verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Read the rest of it with me, would you please? But he that keepeth the law, one more time. Let's go from the beginning to end, 18. Are you ready? Where there is no vision. Okay. Uh, we find here, the Bible says, where there's someone doesn't have vision or uh, understanding or, or purpose, uh, the people are unruly, and a classroom is that way. If you, don't have a, if you don't have somebody that has a vision for those kids, the kids will be unruly, and the people will perish. He said, but whoso keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, many times today when we think about it, we can contrast the law as being negative. Um, you know, because the Bible says we're not under the law. Sometimes there are, there are people who blame us and say, oh, you're a legalist. You're trying to keep the law. We're not trying to keep the law. No, we're actually are trying to love the Lord. <laughs> we understand that keeping the law is not, is, not a, is not a requirement for salvation. That would be legalism. If someone says, you know, well, you've got to do this and this and this in order to go to heaven, that would be a, a legitimate legalist. You've got a few folks that get excited because somebody uh, has standards of holiness and righteousness, and they say, oh, you're a legalist. No, that's not necessarily the case. I don't believe that. I want to live a holy life, not so I can go to heaven, but because I am going to heaven. There are two things God put inside of me when I got saved, and it should be inside of you. Number one, an appetite for, for spiritual things. An appetite for the Word of God. If you don't have an appetite for some spiritual things, something's wrong. If this is just part of your culture, I go to church, I listen, I know the songs, I, I don't mind listening to pastor, but I really don't have any appetite for it. Boy, that's, that would be nerve-wracking. There's something inside of me that, that I'd like to know more about the Bible. I'd like to be used of God. I didn't put that inside of me. That came in the moment of salvation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And that, that's something I didn't do for myself. Now, I want to feed the need of that, and I hope you do too. But that, that's something God put inside of me. The second thing I got with salvation is a desire to please my Father. I, I wanted to have a relationship with my heavenly father. And everyone does. If you don't have a good dad, you wish you did. The glory of children are their 
fathers. Now, when, when, I, uh, when I played basketball years ago, I always I, I I want my mom to be there, but I, I wanted my dad to be there. When I had a good report card, I wanted, you know, I'm glad mom saw it, but I said, I want to show it to dad. If I did something wrong, I would say, mom, do we have to tell dad? And it wasn't just I was afraid of the powwow I was going to get where he would do the pow and I'd do the wowing. <laughs> no, it wasn't just the spanking I didn't want to avoid. It was like I didn't want to disappoint my dad because he was my dad. And boy, there ought to be something inside of me that, doesn't, that wants to please the Father. Jesus said this in John 8, verse number 29, I do all those things to please him. If they please the Father, that's what I want to do. You know why he wanted to please his father? Because he was a son. You know why you and I ought to want to please God? Because he's our father. He loves us and we love him back. That's not legalism. But the Bible does say, he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The law was our schoolmaster in its, in its embodiment to show us we needed Jesus. But one of the things about the law, this is beautiful. Every law that's in our Bible will tell you something about the character of God, your Father. Okay, when you see a, a law in the Bible, thou shalt not steal. That's a law. Okay, what does that tell you about your God? He's honest. He's really, it's really important to him that you don't take something that doesn't belong to you. Everyone saw people get on this, this thing about, uh, about uh, you can't use Deuteronomy 32 to talk about uh, dress codes between a man and a woman. But let me just say this something to you. That's a law that's right in the black and white of your Bible. That God says, I don't want a man wearing that which pertains to a woman. I don't want a woman wearing that which pertains to a man. Did you ever think that would be such a violated verse of Scripture in your life? It's celebrated in the world. So, well, I don't think that means you shouldn't use it. Let me just say something real quickly, okay? What that does say about my heavenly father is that he wants to be distinct differences between how a lady dresses and how a man dresses, distinctly. It, it tells me God's mindset on that. You can make up something else if you want. But take every law that God gives, and some of it's not even applicable for us today. Some of, some of the things that God told the Old Testament people, the, the, the cross blotted out the ordinances that were against us. I understand that, but they weren't worthless. There's things that God said there that tell us something about who he is. And you know why we don't serve God? Because we don't know him. Grow in grace and in the of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because I want you to know me. Jeremiah says, look, if you don't let the wise man glory in his, in his intellect. Pardon the, 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 the paraphrase. Don't let, don't let the strong man glory in his strength. But if someone wants to glory, glory in this, that you understand and you know him. And he says, if I find someone who understands and obeys my law, it's going to be a happy person. Law keepers, rule keepers, people who know what God wants them to do and they do it, happiness follows. Five things. I think that it's neat that God gave us that in the Bible.
in the book of Proverbs. Five things that can help us uh, so that we will we'll be happy. Number one, uh, we're happy when we get wisdom. We're happy when we learn to be generous. We're happy when we learn to put our faith in God. We're happy when we recognize Him in our life. We fear the Lord God. And we're happy when we keep what He tells us to do. Let's pray together, can we?